50-something burnout. Are you on the brink? That's the uh, exciting headline in the uh, Sunday Times that you sent me. Mm-hmm. That goes on to say middle-aged Britons are dropping out of the workforce in record numbers because of the pandemic and various other reasons. It sort of uh, struck a chord with us, didn't it? Because that feels exactly, well, that's how we feel. We feel tired. Tired of what? I don't know. Tired of... Life? Not life as such. I just think tired of the same thing that we do every day. It feels like we just need to change something, look forward to something. But what caused that? I mean, it's what you've said is probably true, but something triggered it because you felt it, I felt it, and Mm. by all accounts, quarter of a million other people in the UK felt it. So it must be the pandemic. It's got to be the pandemic. I think it's... Pandemic's affected people in so many different ways, physically and mentally, but I think it's really heightened the need of spending time with your family and having that quality time to spend with your family that maybe we've experienced a little bit more over the pandemic and we don't want to to lose that and I think the fear of losing that quality time that that feels like a concern but I don't I don't know I mean my job had never really changed that much I suppose I was still going into work, but I still feel burnt out and tired Hmm. and feeling like I just need a complete change. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you feel that and I feel that, yet my Mm. job did change and everything about my job is changing. Not for the better, but yet we've still come out of this with the same outcome it's like in the uk at least if we keep our fingers crossed and everything else the pandemic is over for now Mm. obviously could come back who knows but um it feels to me like we've come out of we've as we've got to this point where you've got the freedoms back and you're doing the same things we were doing in 2019 they don't feel... Before that, you didn't really think about them. As I was saying earlier, you go to work, no. you're rushing around, come home from work, some time with your family, but you don't really think about things. And it's not, almost like we've had this psychological break where you, you have no choice but to think about things. Maybe it's caused people to reevaluate their lives. And I suppose that in the same way that a lot more people have got divorced... Um, and have they? Is there, is there stats for that? Yeah, I think there there is. If you, th- I remember reading an article about more people have got divorced earlier than they than they would have, because usually you get a certain amount of divorces when people retire, because they think, oh, actually, I'm I'm not in love with this person anymore. 
but you yeah. we've said it often before haven't we when you're working and you have children you just kind of plod along oh, and see. you live your life but i think with the pandemic and people being brought together for such a long time it's in the same place forward that moment it's yeah it's brought forward that moment of actually i don't think i can live the rest of my life with this person so maybe it's brought a divorce or or brought a separation um closer 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 15 20 years closer than than it would have done when when people retire and the kids are grown up and for other people when they think it's feasible to stop work and have more time with someone or maybe to go from a stressful job to a lesser job that's part-time maybe they've realized they don't need the huge pension because the pen the huge pension they always wanted isn't the important thing it's they just want to spend time with their family and necessarily having much more money doesn't make any difference to that exactly it's the so you might as well time. spend time with your family yes because you could you could have a, a large pension and then you die a year after you retire it, yeah. it's a bit like that that old um what what people are saying that you have to live your life for now, don't you? Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So if you don't spend... Nobody's been on their deathbed sending a, saying, I, I wish I'd spent less time with my family. They'll say, I wish i spent less time at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd never have that, I wish i spent less time with my family. So I do think it's important. And I think the pandemic maybe has brought that importance forward a little bit more. Whereas you just get swept up with things and this is the way things are and this is the process and you leave school and you go to work and you work until you're 65, 70 and you get pensions and you pay off your mortgage and then you retire and hopefully retire for a decent length of time. But the pandemic has made people reevaluate their lives. I, I think, I feel that it's made us reevaluate, and I just feel... That it's more important to spend more time with each other. Yeah, because I, I suppose if you realise that when you do get a lot of time with each other, and it almost gets better and better the more time you spend, mm. you you just that becomes your main thing. It's almost like the start of a relationship, isn't it? It's not one that's gone on a long time. But as you were saying that, I was thinking, do we over-evaluate? our lives now if you think about it everything you just said is correct in that we we have all stopped and we've all evaluated what our lives are about what we're doing and all that I mean I've spent my life thinking why am I here what's my main purpose and you do that too much and it screws you up because um, I'm just an ant with loads of other ants mm. you know effectively you're not not everyone's got a higher purpose but what I was thinking then is we've probably one of the most privileged generations in history. We've got it better than anyone else. Yeah. Just as the ones before us probably had it better. And yet we're now evaluating our lives to such an infinite degree. We're going, I shouldn't be working. I should be spending more time with my family. I'm just going to give up work. It's almost like if you looked through history, we've had to work. We've been more comfortable than any other generation mm. when it comes to like 
health when it comes to just being warm and not being hungry, at least in the West. Yeah. So we've had it that easy. And we're sat here now going, oh, well, no, I, I shouldn't have to go to work. I shouldn't, have, it's, I shouldn't have to go, in my case, I shouldn't have to go and sit in a warm office and stare at a screen. It's, when you think about it, it makes you realise just sort of how overprivileged we are. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, Doesn't mean I don't want to just say, sod it, I, because I'm like you, I'm, as each day passes, I'm struggling more and more to think, why am I doing this? Why am I sometimes getting quite stressed, sometimes getting to the end of the day, big headache for whatever reasons, and thinking, what have I achieved except potentially giving a shareholder a bit more money? Or is it, or is the fact that people between 50 and 65 following the pandemic want to leave or change something in their lives is it because like with us our children have grown up and moving on with their lives and has left a big hole in our lives so therefore we're looking for that next step that different direction that you know I want to feel a purpose again yeah could that be it it, it could be and I think because we've spent a long time with the kids, haven't we? If you think in pandemic, you're, you're probably more together as a family than we have ever been. I wonder if it's more to it than that, in a way. In uh, I wonder if it's almost aged us. And that sounds strange. But mm -hmm. if we were both 30 or mid-30s and gone through this pandemic, you wouldn't be thinking about it. And maybe a lot more people our age are in a position where they can slow down where they've got a property they could downsize or whatever. Mm. And so they could, because they can, they will. And there could be lots of mid-30s who feel exactly the same, but obviously are not in the same position. Maybe. So they can't do it. I mean, I do know what you're saying, the empty nest syndrome and the, the thought of, it's almost like, you're right, it's almost like we've got to do something for ourselves. Yeah. You have two decades of literally dedicating every emotion every bit of money, literally everything to your children. And as they get older and they don't need you in that way, if you don't protect yourselves, then God knows what happens to people. Then I suppose also when you get to 50, you're, you are looking to pay off your mortgage and... You're kind of on the wind down to retirement, I suppose. So looking for ways to think, okay, I'm going to leave work in 15 years or 20 years. I need to have paid this off and this off, and yeah. so I can I can live comfortably. Is does that go through through our minds? Is that the reason why we're thinking, okay, well, let we need something new in our lives. We need something. I I don't want to work as much. I mean, my thought process is I don't want to work as much. I don't want to do as many shifts as I'm doing because I feel exhausted. And that's probably due to the pandemic. Of course. But that's that's how I'm feeling. So I think, how can I maintain the life that I have at the moment? Um, oh, I see what you're saying. But work less shifts. Or, or is it, along with that, is it the thought of, you know, when we've talked about moving and that, is it the thought of actually needing 
something different, needing a different challenge. For me yeah. in particular, the environment I'm in at the moment, work-wise, feels um, practically pointless because I, I'm very much part of a corporate machine and it's not a particularly good one. It, it, it has a lack of people who really want to push and do do something good every day. It, it feels now, and, and I've said this before on the podcast, it feels that in this country at least, we seem to be moving to corporate environments where it's all about getting as much out of employees as possible. It's all about ticking boxes. It's all about hitting little targets. No one wants to improve anything. No one wants to do anything for the good. No one wants to do anything just because it's the right thing to do. No. And maybe after a few decades of that, maybe you also get very, just had enough of that. Yours is slightly different in health because you're always doing something that's worthwhile. But sometimes you feel that you're ticking boxes yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than, you know, True. I have to, we have to write this down and we have to do this and we have to fill in this and we have to... Um, you know, while while on top of trying to care for the patient, so you always you're always concerned about that. The fact that your focus is always on looking after your your, your patient, but there's always that in the back of your mind when you get home. Oh, did I fill in that? Did I tick that? Did I? Yeah. You know, and it's these things that then come come back on you. Doesn't every organisation... So processes become a bit, weigh you down a little bit. Yeah, and every organisation has lots of politics. Yes. Whether it's health, whether it's banking, whether it's telecoms, whatever. Yeah. It's always got lots of politics. And it's always, there's always going to be people in these organisations who don't deserve to do well who do. And then there's mm. always other people who work really hard who get overlooked. I just feel I need it. <clears throat> new challenge yeah and, and I feel the same but I, I think it's the psychology of I think you maybe have hit the nail on the head that for a lot of people the pandemic almost gave people a view of retirement a decade early mm. people who are in their 50s and made them realize but I think it's possibly more than that I think it's it's not like you got a little view of just being with your family and that family is more important. I think maybe psychologically it hit everyone so hard, harder than we've realised even up until now, that because it was such a big thing, it's almost done something to our heads and actually changed how we think and made us realise family is what matters, mm. friendships, love, whatever, and that a lot of these other things we do every day, whether it's working in a mundane job that you never aspired to do when you're at school, whether it's travelling to work, travelling back, hence why so many people still want to work from home. Mm. I was always very much anti-working from home. I was always very much... Um, I actually felt a lot of people who wanted to carry on doing it were just being lazy. But I could 100% say now my productivity at home is better than in the office. Mm. And it's largely a pointless endeavour travelling 30 miles up the motorway 
to go and sit in an office and do exactly the same as what I can do on the table we're sat at now. It's with Zoom and everything we've got connectivity wise, it's just, it, it's really opened my eyes actually that so much of our days are wasted just in order to keep coffee shops open, office buildings open. and. But then not only that, I mean, we, we have a family. I'm, a, I'm at home too and the, their children come and go and it's a relatively nice environment and you can talk to people. But then you've got people that live on their own and then, as we've just recently found out, people that prefer to go into the office because they can't afford to heat their homes. Yeah. You know, people are more likely to even get something to eat when they're at an office because it's it's quite it's quite worrying. Yeah, really. but the solution to that isn't opening the offices for a hundred percent of people. No, the solution for, for that is a government that will sort that out. To be fair, but at the moment there <clears> isn't. But even for loneliness, even for people on their own in a flat, you've got to think about about them and have their, their interactions with people in office, that might be the only interaction that they have. Yeah, but is, is, doesn't this go back to, and I'm not dismissing that at all, I fully understand it, I know people like that, who I work with, who, who do need that interaction, but are you not in a situation, a bit like when we talked about the vulnerable people at the moment, where they're taking all the restrictions away and a lot of people are complaining that they've been thrown under a bus effectively and that when they're every time they go out they're at risk but they're also at risk from flu and multiple other viruses you can't stop 60 million people for 5 million just like with offices if for an organization they wouldn't put 5,000 people in to offices just because 500 of them it's their only social interaction. The The answer to that isn't to shift a whole big group of people to cater for the needs of such a small minority. But then you're catering for the needs of the small businesses that thrive off the big businesses. Yeah, I get that. So surely that's the, that's the same. Yeah, but hasn't it also opened the eyes to the fact of if you have all these people going into office buildings, and I know office buildings in particular actually run a lot of our pensions because of the money that's in them and the profits that are made from them on leasing. Without them, our, all of our pensions take a massive hit. So, But if you put that aside, it seems strange if you have a group of people, potentially millions, travelling on the roads, using fuel putting pollution in the air, going into an office where it actually doesn't offer a benefit to the company in order to just be in an office and to spend money that you wouldn't normally otherwise spend in businesses. It feels like we've built, I think what the pandemic maybe did on top of this thing of where we're saying about made you realise that family is most important. Has it made the whole population and economy start to think, or in the government starts to think, our economy is a bit silly. We almost do a lot of things just for the sake of doing them to no, make think, money and keep people employed. I, I do think the picture's got to be a bit bigger than that. And there, 
you know, if you're all in one office building, then as you as you quite rightly said before, you can talk to each other and you can sort things out face to face far quicker than you could if you were just talking to someone on a on a telephone or on on instant messaging. I think what the pandemic has done is looked at a different way of working as a more work-life balance as opposed to working all in the office and working all yeah. at home. I think there has to be a balance between the two. Because, but there yes, won't be, will there? productivity has increased at home, but not for everybody. You know, some people, their productivity doesn't increase. And things can be missed and things can be overlooked. So I do think there needs to be a balance between... Yeah, I, I think there does, but I don't think there will be because, uh, was it Johnson said today, he wants everyone back in the office, he wants everyone back at work when he ends all the restrictions end of this week. I could literally see companies and organisations getting people back in full time. Um, I could see that happening. I'd probably yeah, bet money lot, on that. There's a lot of companies be it smaller companies, that have looked and said, actually, we don't need this expense of this office building. Yes. So there won't be that's those, what they're sa- those that's companies what they're saying, that are going in. That's what they're saying now. Yeah. But I would be convinced that, for example, my company would try and put everyone back full-time, despite mm. having said the opposite. Now, I- I'm pretty convinced you'll see a lot of companies will do that particularly the very large organisations, because they tend to be tied to the government, particularly this one. Mm -hmm. And as they do it, will other ones then start to do it because of fear of missing out, fear of not being competitive? Do we effectively end up... If you had a year clear now where you didn't have a dodgy variant come along, do we end up in 2023 at some point back where we were in 2019 wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened more so i think i still think there's going to be more of a balance yes the larger companies are going to probably go go into the office you know industries like banking they're they're going to be needed to be more in the office than at home yeah but i do think there will be a little bit more flexibility there and i and because to bring it, it round, actually, you might you might have a point because if they don't offer that, this whole feeling, this mentality we were talking about, where people are saying family is now more important than anything mm. else, and I've realised a lot of what I do is pointless. If the organisations don't offer that, they won't get the staff in an in an economy where they're crying out for staff at the moment. We can't get enough people yeah. working. So maybe maybe they have to offer that or they'll end up screwed, basically. Yeah, nobody wants to go back spending two hours commuting into London for five days a week. Yeah, it's true. Uh, You know, they they want that kind of balance and they're more productive at home and they get more family time. So, yes, I think think people 50% of the time wouldn't mind going into the office. I think it's, it's good for people to get out of the house. And, and go into the office and, and do something. I'm sure you wouldn't object to going in 50% of the time and 50% of the time at home. Yeah, I mean, I think even I have found it odd going back 50%. Yeah. Um, even I find it a struggle. And the thought of 100% feels really odd to me. Um, mm. 
that feels too much. I'm in a particular situation with work that makes that even more difficult. Yeah. So I think if you are in a job that you know is long term and you've got no fears for it, maybe you're more accommodating towards that. But I've, most people I talk to don't like the idea of going back in 100% in various industries, whether it's my company or other companies. Almost everyone I talk to doesn't want to do that. But I think most people, if you ask them now after working from home for a year and a half to two years, most people would want to um, stay at home because that has become their comfort zone. And just the same as if you asked them before the pandemic, what would you rather do, go into the office or work from home? And I'm sure most of them would have said, as you go into the office, because that's their comfort zone. That's what yeah. they're used to. The fact that the pandemic has forced this shift, but people have got used to that shift. And now it, it makes people look at their lives slightly differently. And maybe this is going to be a lifelong shift. Only Only time will tell whether things will revert back or whether this is a lifelong shift and there is more work-life balance like in other countries. But I think it's it's difficult to ask that question now because people have created this comfort zone and they don't really want to move out of it. And like you said in, in previous podcasts, you know, people have become more, a little bit more agoraphobic possibly. They don't like driving as much because they're not used to driving on the motorway anymore. They don't like the crowded trains, the pandemic and yeah. everything. So um, people have put on weight. They don't want to go back into the office because they all don't right. feel the same. No, what I'm saying is these are all, these are all hang-ups <clears throat> people have that have crept into their heads and think, actually, I don't feel comfortable now walking back into the office and everyone's going to look at me and think, wow, she's changed or she doesn't look, you know, he doesn't look right or but, but on top he's of not that, the same as he was or she's not the same as she was before the pandemic. The workload isn't the same. You don't know what's, you know, I, I don't know. I just I just feel it's a, it's a big step for, for people just to go, oh, okay, then back to how it was pre-pandemic. Because it, 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 that just can't be done. No, and, and I agree. Because I think I've always said that it would worry me if someone Tom's age was working from home all the time. You know, you, you just might mm. not meet people and have the normal life. But on top of that, in some industries, mine, for example, you would have companies asking their employees to go back into the office. And maybe further down the line, some will be saying you've got to go back in full time even though those organisations have printed numbers to show that productivity either did not drop or actually went up while they were working for, from home for two years and kept mm. those companies going. That's an unusual ask. So that's when you then start to get this balance. It's interesting how a lot of... I, I hadn't really thought about it, actually, until we were talking now, but a lot of articles have sort of skimmed over them where they're talking about how employee power and how employees are demanding this and are demanding that, like they're demanding more time at home. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, who the hell do you think you are? But now it starts to make me wonder that people will start demanding um, a different way of life. And the reality okay. is, with the technology we have today, theoretically, 
100% office working, barring certain industries, obviously everyone's different, but for many industries, 100% office working makes no sense at all on a practical level. And what, the only other thing I would say, when I'm in the office, the amount of time that's lost just by people chatting and interacting. You said yourself, it was interesting earlier, you said it's far quicker to just ask someone a question in the office than to instant message them. Now, I'd argue no. It's, it's no I mean, different than pick, tapping a button on my because screen. Because you've said, I've asked this person three times and they've come back and they haven't answered my question. Now, if you were in front of them, you wouldn't have to ask them three times because you could say, you haven't answered my question. That, I no, need no, to no. know this. No, is no, no, no. That particular person and literally nine out of ten people I deal with are not in front of me. The people in front of me are in my team doing the same as me. So the reality is none of that changes. The people I interact with, the people I'm chasing day after day after day are all in different offices around the country. If there are times, yes, when I can walk over to people and ask questions. But the interesting thing about that, if you're dealing with someone who's not helpful, they're not going to be helpful to your face just as much as they're not going to be helpful over email or whatever system so you can end up with a situation where when someone's not helpful to your face you won't go over to them again you'll you, you'll revert back to raising something on a system even though they're sat 50 feet away from you but i think on the whole when you're interacting with somebody it's a, it's a little bit like on a text if you you can say something to somebody and depending on the tone of your voice will depict whether that is a friendly or the text, suggestion yeah. or but in a text you don't have that tone so somebody might read that as well that's rude and put it down or might read it as oh oh i see that they they really need this information and yeah, yeah you know and you can convey that when you're talking to somebody or you go over to somebody in an office i don't know i just oh, yeah no i do get what you're saying i mean the problem is you're saying that to someone who tends to come over less rude on text than face-to-face. Yes, I know. And, and, and that's an issue of mine, admittedly. I but no, I, I just I just think it will go to more of a work-life balance. I, I don't hope think so. we'll all go back into the office and I don't think everyone will stay at home because I don't think either of those are a healthy option. Again, we're in our little bubble, aren't we? Yes. Delivery drivers, a lot of the NHS, so many industries, this so-called work-life balance is is a luxury that we that I could be afforded. You not necessarily in your job. A midwife can't exactly work from home. So it's a luxury that only some of us get. So then I suppose you get a disparity there, don't you? So why should I be afforded a work-life balance just because of a pandemic? While everyone else has to still go out there and work five days a week, in whether it's a building site, whether it's a hospital, police, whatever. I suppose that's a. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting career thing that you choose, isn't it? I mean, it depends if you if you're an office. If you get to choose. Worker, yeah. If you get to choose, that, but, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's why people are are leaving their jobs early. Maybe that's why we feel because we've had a taster of this work-life balance and if you can't achieve that in the role that you're in yeah maybe that's why people think well i need something else i've got i I can't keep going in day after day doing the same thing 
something has to give. So I, I either need a different challenge or a different environment, you know, or just something to to look forward to. And I've noticed that even in my role, the, the, the small things that people really look forward to, you know, it's just having, I look forward to the, the weekend, if we get a weekend off together. Yeah, yeah. It, it, means, it means a lot because we, you know, look forward to... to going away for a few days or because it's a big thing yeah and it's funny I suppose in a way that as you were saying your job hasn't changed yet something else has and I suppose I'm thinking deep down it feels deeper to me it feels like something shifted and made me think why am I um why am I doing what I'm doing because I I, I, if you're not in a job you necessarily ever wanted to do, mm. in my case, that's a lot of time spent doing it. And I, I've questioned everything. I've questioned the website that we stick this this podcast on, and I still am. I, I still, I think I do it just sometimes to fill in time. I think I literally do it to just fill in time and have some little target each day to stick a couple of bits on the site. I couldn't give a damn if anyone reads it or not. I, I, I literally have so little interest. Yeah, in but it. we do it for us, really, don't we? We do it as something that we can do together because we have the conversations anyway. Yeah, but that's just the podcast. It's like once a month. What I'm talking about yeah. is the daily, yeah, the daily grind. I, I almost do it like robotically. I almost don't even think about it. It's like there's another article. There's another article. There's another article. What's the fucking point? Excuse the language, but and I know this sounds a weird thing to say because it's, but, but, but I'm I suppose like you were saying, it's made all of us stop and think, why am I doing the things I'm doing every day? Mm. Should I be doing something different? Should I be doing something that I enjoy that's for me? And that's maybe where we are now, where and I think yeah. there's millions of people around the world. Saying that, no matter what their circumstance, no matter what their job. And who knows, maybe it will change everything going forward. Maybe. Maybe there's a big bright light, but me and you definitely need to change. Even yeah, though we're happy, so. we need something different. But who knows, maybe this would have happened anyway. Mm, maybe just being 50 and... Maybe being 50, the kids growing up, having their own lives. We're not going to have Murray. Yeah. Maybe it just leaves this hole in everybody's life. Maybe this is what happens. You know, somebody's going to come and say, well, that happened to me 20 years ago when the kids grew up and left. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. We don't know what, what the result of the pandemic is and what the result... I, I, I think what just... has happened, though, is a lot of people have made a big drastic change. Whereas mm -hmm. you and I probably work with many people who've got to the 50 and just carried on till they're 60. If anything, most people are more likely to have, historically, more likely to stay in the job, protect the pension, get to mm -hmm. a certain retirement age and then give up. Whereas I suspect you've got a lot more people have said, sod it, I've had enough. This was, I've just wanted to do something different. I think the pandemic is, is such a strange thing, really, because... I mean, as you said, we had we had COVID before the vaccines came out. So maybe it makes you reevaluate your life. You know, maybe it makes you think, well, what happened if? 
Do you think and that I happens without you knowing it's happened? I, I, no, I think so, because so many people were dying. So many people that were, you know, you saw on the TV that were fit, that would run marathons, that, you know, were really, really well people that would go into hospital and die. And then you had people with all these underlying conditions that were asymptomatic. It suddenly made it, you feel very vulnerable. Or I did, before the vaccine came out. Yeah. It made me feel very vulnerable. And it was almost, I was happy to have had it, to think, okay, I didn't die. But I know how ill I was, and I know how ill you were with it. And I, I think you can't help but re- to evaluate your life when you get something like that, because that was the biggest part of COVID for me. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know whether I would be that person to take a turn for the worst, yeah. or you would be that person that would end up in ITU. It, it was scary. Yeah. And I don't think you can go through something like that without evaluating your life. And there's many people out there that have lost loved ones that must go through that. Anybody that's had True. any illness or a loved one has died that's close to them um, too early, it's got to make you but, reevaluate. But, but, but I suppose that's different. If outlook. someone's died, your circumstance has completely changed so it's kind of forced on you in the situation i wonder how many of those people who've decided they're around 50 or whatever and thought i'm going to do a different kind of career or just Mm. work part-time have had covid and had those feelings because obviously but i wonder if on top of that is there also the thing of you look at how much you've run now what what was it 13 months since we had covid how much have you run since you had COVID? I can't run the same distances that I did before. No, and my exercise is probably a half mm. of what it was. And so it it did have an almost, it's going to sound weird, it feels to me like it had an ageing effect. Yeah. And maybe it would have hit at this age anyway, but it certainly felt to me like, and <clears throat> I know I had it a little bit worse as I got near the end of it. But it felt to me like physically it really changed me. And to this day I felt weaker and that. And maybe yeah, that definitely. maybe that has that psychological effect where you if your body's telling you um you're not who you were, maybe that translates and then your mind does mm-hmm. and that's when you start to say, I just need something new. But I think I'm a bit like you. I can't put my finger on it, but something has shifted so much in my head that I know the last thing I want to do is stay living in the town I'm in mm. and just carrying on doing the job I'm in. I just don't want anything to do with either anymore. I would... Literally the only things I want to keep are the family. Yeah. And it's weird, isn't it? And so all those other things, and it's not because I just want to change. It's because I realise not particularly I was living in this town, I was living in this house, I was doing that job, but I was just doing them. didn't particularly hate them. I certainly didn't like them. And is it also the fact that we have no data, really, no long-term data on... um, 
on COVID. No one is it knows what effect it's going to have. I don't. So no think one knows it's what long term. We see. Yeah, well, I, I think. I think for me, no one knows the long term effects it has, and I already feel the effects it has. I've, I haven't been back to the person I was. Yeah. Before COVID, so then I think you know, is this is this me? Is it something that uh, I have to push? Is it something as well, that we talked about yeah, that before? Exactly. That, is it something that, that's that deteriorating? <clears throat> is it something you know? Is it the men? So it was a lot of. There's a lot of unknown factors there, so I think that plays on your mind a little bit. About. You know, no one knows. Nobody knows how how long they've got. You watch all these yeah. car crash videos, you know, and yeah. and that to me is just just proves you don't know. You you go out one day and then that's it. So you've got to live for now, and you you've got to. I think that's enjoy probably your what's life. happened. Is a lot of people, you're right, have realised that they live for now. Mm. Personally. I had a virus, I got over it, I don't even think about that. I don't believe that's ever going to come back and bite me. And I don't actually know anyone who I speak to who feels like that. I, I think feel most, like that. <clears throat> yeah, okay, besides you, <laughs> just saying that now, I certainly don't believe, um, I, I believe I'm, physically that bit's done. It might have changed me, but it's done. Just like many things can change you. Hurt my mm. shoulder, it's changed my shoulder. You know, lots of things we have happened to us. You hurt your back. Your back will never be as strong as it was. That's kind of just being a human being. So I certainly don't look back and worry about COVID and that's why I want to change everything. Some things just made me want to change everything because, strangely, I don't want it to be like it was before the pandemic. It's really weird. And... Mm. It's like I feel I should change something. It's almost like a... I was going to sound a bit really weird. It's almost like a calling. You can't help it. It's just there in your head. Yeah, but before the pandemic, you know, Trump got voted in. We were voted yeah, but, to leave the EU. Yes, but we can't, control, like... we can't control all those things. No. You can only control your own life. And I find it odd that I want to change the stuff that I was okay with before the pandemic and I want to change the only things that didn't really change it's mm. no, I, there's, I maybe there's a weird psychosis that's affecting many millions around many countries and we're just lucky mm. that we're in a country where we do have choices unlike so many others like there's obviously a lot of people are feeling the way that we're feeling they are there's so many countries where you can't do that like Wales you know it's um Wales you know, it's a, bad joke very bad thank you um yeah so i guess we'll see what we decide to do mm. but whatever we do it'll be different yeah you done could live in wales no <laughs> beautiful scenery it is it is bits of it you don't yeah anyway <laughs> thanks for listening everyone goodbye thank you bye